Templeton. Okay. Um, let's start with a very big picture. Um, as as uh, the head of an AMC, um, what is your business vision? What are you doing in the AMC as CEO? What are you building? And how do you get measured? Okay. So this is specific to the firm, not to the industry. Or to your firm. firm. Okay. See, at the outset, uh, firstly, we are a pure play asset manager. So people need to realize that. And uh, to me, a lot of what we do comes from the corporate objective. Okay. If you look at the list of top 10 players in India, for most people, asset management is not their core business. It's, in fact, the least capitalized and smallest part of their business. Plus, we believe the ownership for a lot of the top 10 AMCs, I'm not even going beyond that, is still not settled. And so, building a business from a longer-term perspective is not necessarily everyone's focus. Valuation is extremely important. And so, a lot of what we are seeing in the industry currently is driven from these two parameters. Sorry, you want me... So, sorry, sorry, valuation in terms of they want to sell. Uh, Yeah, they want to sell. And so, valuation is more important than building a business long-term. One. Two... The focus of the corporate on the business, I think, comes very differently. I, I like for some of the things I see, for example, uh, I would find it very hard to rationalize if, if this was your business and you wanted to do this business for the next 10, 50, 100 years. So for us, what is the difference is one, we, we are 100% in this business globally, not only in India. Uh, this is our core bread and butter business. We have a single owner. And there's no intent of selling or otherwise. Our operations here are doing very well. And so the business development or what we do in in the country is viewed from, is it good for the business currently? Is it good for the business in the long term? And therefore, the perspective of how you approach the business changes. So that's one. Now, coming from that, if, if you start from that perspective, then you say, okay, what do I really need to do in this business? The business has three elements. One element is investment management and actually doing a good job in managing people's money. It is a, you know, it is a fiduciary responsibility. And I get, what I get amazed is that I see a lot of effort in a lot of areas, but not in the investment, which is the core of any business. If you don't have good products, there's nothing else you can do. The rest is all and like bells and whistles. That's one. Secondly, the business requires other things like, for example, um, service. And by, in service, I, I mean, it's abroad. It's not the, just the you know transaction. Mm-hmm. But uh, a lot of elements around how are you building that whole proposition and how do you come across to the both the end consumer as well as your distribution partner. And so what are all of those elements? And if you, if you can't add value there, why would somebody select you? If all th- other things are equal, I think we, we, we think a lot like that. So we, we separate out the two. Investment management, we give them a lot of independence in terms of what they have to do. Stick to their process. Make sure that the right process is delivered and we are coming out with products that are mapping the expertise that we have. So that's one area. Then the rest of the organization is given the job saying, if your investment management performance was just the same as your top five competitors, how can you add value uh, outside of that? And so there's a lot of emphasis on that aspect of it. Mm. And the third aspect, which I think especially is extremely important in the Indian context, is that it's still relatively a young industry. It's about 15, 20 years old. And human capital especially is a big issue for this industry. And the focus on people we have globally, but in India, even more so because you know, attracting, motivating, retaining the right talent is a big issue. For you as an AMC or as, as distributors? No, no. For us as an asset management company, it's 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 broadly for the financial services industry as a whole. For us, even more so because being a relatively young industry, there's not enough pool and enough experience. And so you're taking a lot of people who you think have the natural qualities, hmm. but don't necessarily have the experience in this space. And hmm. so you have to build that. And so if you see for us, it has meant, uh, you know, if you see how it translates for us is if you see the tenor of the average person in Franklin Templeton, it's extremely high compared to all the other firms. So th- these are the three 
ब्रॉड एरियाज दैट वी फोकस ऑन एंड देन कम्स टू नाउ स्ट्रैटेजी If if you get these three elements right, and so I'll I'll tell you how it manifests. Mm. You'll see it manifest in, as I said, uh, you know, average tenor of a mm-hmm. uh, person who's working for mm. us. Mm. Service manifests as uh, we we do our servicing in house, and we've not outsourced it because we think so. We are the only AMC of size that does that. So we've committed to that and said no. I am committed to my clients, and so I will do it in house. Hmm. because i may not get the scale that the industry has hmm. but it's an important element to do hmm. conviction comes in the business comes from for example fixed maturity plans is a a, a big category uh in india but hmm. we've said we will not be a part of that so we have zero fixed maturity plans hmm. so now that's almost 20% of the market but we've we we we've said we don't for a variety of reasons don't believe in that product line and so we will keep away so th- that's how conviction kind of comes through mm. or another example of conviction would be uh currently there's a huge trend of coming out with close ended funds every month mm. and we we have zero of that so mm. so that th- that's how it manifests mm. finally it will manifest uh in and uh, in uh, all of this sorry not uh, one more point i had was whatever you do you have to have very strong corporate governance mm-hmm. backing it all up which mm-hmm. again i find sometimes is as a deficit uh, mm-hmm. in the industry and so that's the other big thing that anything we do first has to pass that prism mm-hmm. once it passes that prism then it gets into our reckoning and that's the other thing that uh, mm-hmm. at a high level we try to control and and so these mm-hmm. four elements is what uh, drives our business okay the first one you said was investments um sorry for pushing the point but how do you get measured on that i mean do you have performance or aum or most respected or biggest how do you get measured so firstly uh we don't have measures like okay how big are you in terms of aum and all of that none of my board meetings will start by saying okay what has happened in the last quarter what is your market share obviously as any firm we would track that and you want to maximize it but it doesn't drive us the reason for that is i think in the current environment in india to get to the largest aum you you necessarily have to give up a few things which we are not in favor of giving up so you would have to come out with say fixed maturity plans mm. if i have to win that aum battle now reason we don't do it is we we can't get through our head how you can manufacture and sell an fmp product without indicating yield which is against the regulation so by definition if you are selling that product hmm. there's something not right in the system and so yeah. it's it's that kind of a stuff that we look at when we are kind of looking at the product line sure. and saying look we can't do it so if i was looking at aum and market hmm. share was the key criteria we will be doing fmps it's relatively an easy p product to manufacture it's relatively an easy product to sell so we don't do that sure uh, another example i'll give is few years back and this is in 2005 6 7 when the equity markets were booming you have you could launch funds you have to kind of ch- you could charge 6% to the fund and then pass that on to the distributor mm-hmm. and uh, and you know do uh, you know one nfo after another mm-hmm. in that whole period we did two nfos we paid what was the market rate but we we didn't charge the client we absorbed it ourselves the 6% uh in that product so so these are the kind of things that mm. we do and mm. to basically underlines my point that if i really need market share it will show up in those kind of behaviors and we've kept away from all of these mm. so that's clearly not driving it what mm. is driving us is if we are coming out so i i maybe i you you'll get a sense if i talk about a product cycle and how mm. do we launch a product so firstly we look at a few elements we look at do we have the expertise to manage that product so if i don't have expertise in my group to manage that product we won't do it so for example currently we've not launched a gold product mm. so it's Can not I just ask to interrupt you so expertise and this is what i was trying to get to in terms of performance um do you say expertise as in i need to be the best or at least in the top quartile of 
being able to manage it? How how do you uh, measure it? So so I, I'll tell you that. So we we look for what is called consistent above average performance. Okay. So effectively, two elements important. One, obviously, you you know how how do you measure yourself if 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 there are you know you have a ten year cycle and you're running a product and there you find that seventy percent of the people are able to perform better than you. I mean th- that's one sign. So so that's your above average performance bit. The second part is the consistency bit, because that also is extremely important and is part of the criteria on which the mm-hmm. PMs are measured. Because if you don't have the consistency in an open end product where you have different clients coming in and going out at different times, you find that the return of the product and the return that the consumer has is two different things. And so. As long as we can get this consistent above average performance, it's defined depending on the team. The fixed income team has their criteria, equity team has their criteria, mm-hmm. and the incentivization and everything else that follows it comes from that. So that's what we would mm-hmm. track. So we'd say, okay, typically a good, very rough cut way of looking at it is are our funds consistently in the top two quartiles. So, so you know, it's it's things like that okay. that we look at. So we would look at so just in terms of a product that do we have the expertise. Do we think long term is this a scalable and a sustainable product? So we don't want to launch something tactical, run it for a few times and shut it down. And we constantly rationalize our range. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, we just merged or have taken approvals from SEBI to merge another four of our funds. Mm. We're constantly rationalizing our range and saying if if for some reason we've launched something and the market has not picked up on it, we need to kind of pull it. So we, we were doing that constantly. Uh, the other thing is we, we look very closely at is this a established category from a market perspective as well because the market also has to understand that, appreciate that and find use of that product. It can't be that I'm kind of doing it for my intellectual satisfaction if that product is there. So you look at few of these elements and you say, okay, can I therefore... Uh, does it make sense from a longer term perspective to launch a product like that? And that's how we would do it. So this is the is just an example of how we think in terms of and what is the expectation that the corporate has of uh, running the business. We want to run a long term sustainable business. We we have a huge retail focus, which is unlike I think a lot of multinationals. Uh, we we believe that uh, as the market in India grows. And uh, as, you know, the penetration happens geographically, we will be wherever it makes meaningful sense to be. And so mm. it's not a niche foreign player kind of offering just foreign products. And so that's not how we've approached the market. Mm. And as a result of which, we build the skills in India to do that. So if you see the size of our uh, teams, mm. both on the equity side, on the fixed income side, I think we run some of the largest teams in the industry, both in terms of the PMs and especially the analysts, uh, to uh, make sure that, you know, whatever we are coming out with, we, we it's backed by the skills that we have. And so there. The other thing which is important is the reason for some of the, the size of the team is also in terms of doing a lot of bottom-up research. As So it's more dependent on in-house research as opposed to, you know, mm. you look at third-party sell-side research. Mm. And so that takes up a lot of resources. And so mm. I think there's a lot of emphasis on that or on the fixed income side. If, if you're doing managed credit, you need to have good credit skills. Mm. So you need to build that expertise before you launch those mm. products. So there's a lot of emphasis on that as mm. well. So that's the answer to your expertise okay. question. So there's quite a few things you've already touched on. Uh, I want to discuss product, marketing, distribution, talent. Okay, okay. all the things non anything non investments. Okay, I'll okay. leave the investments to 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 the other one. Okay. But product you've touched quite a bit already in terms of how you think about launching your products and how you rationalize them. Um, any other thinking behind? Uh, you said intellectually, you may not launch something that you believe intellectually right if the market doesn't accept it. But philosophically, for example, do you believe that uh, retail investors can't make the equity cash call? They just don't know how to. So, would you? So do we, that? we we will do that, and so I'll I'll explain. And so, uh, or not launch a sector fund when the valuations are very high. I mean, so philosophically. Yeah, and so I have examples of all of those. Mm. So I'll I'll share with you. So sector funds, for example, or thematic. Let's mm. take that. So. 
If you see, there was a big boom in infrastructure funds in 2005 to 7. We felt that the time was not right, didn't come out. Mm. We came out with the Franklin Build India Fund, which is, you know, the theme is basically on the infrastructure theme. Mm. We actually launched that late 2009. Hmm. It's the five-star rated top performing fund in the industry, totally at the wrong end of the cycle. But why we did that is we felt that this is going to be a big theme in India. If if you see hmm. generally and if you break the economy, we, we look at the economy as, you know, exports, consumption and infrastructure. And we just felt that this was an important hmm. theme from an India perspective. And so if you see the way we launched it, we launched it in 2009. Absolutely at the wrong end of the cycle, but we've got the performance right. Mm. And we've sat through that cycle and built up that product mm. in terms of performance. And now I think as people start looking at that theme, it will mm. come into place. Mm. So, so we've taken our time building it. Uh, as far as uh, asset allocation goes, we do recognize that uh, that in India, there is a little bit of challenge that some of the distribution that we have is more product push in nature as opposed to being having the ability to asset allocate. Mm. So there is a certain channel that requires a asset allocation kind of product. Mm. as So effectively expecting the fund house to do the asset allocation as opposed to, uh, uh, you know, the distribution community doing it. What we don't do is we don't take that call in an equity product. So for example, if we've launched a equity fund, lot of people what they do is they would sit in cash in equity which we think then messes up the asset allocation of the people who are actually asset allocating not if your benchmark is still to beat the uh, sensex or nifty right so i have given you i have invested in an equity fund i expect you to beat the whatever benchmark you've chosen right when you decide to go to cash you're going to underperform right so that's okay but if you think that market's about to collapse it's better so it comes from investment philosophy. So globally and in India, our philosophy is if the mandate is to invest in equity, we will do the uh, uh, you know job of investing in equity. Having said that, if you see the fund that we have, we, we have a fund of fund that we've launched and that now has a 10 year plus track record. It kind of matches the performance of the Sensex at half the volatility. And mm-hmm. so that's the kind of asset allocation product. Mm. which we've kind of launched and that's the core offering we offer and especially in the retail channel through uh, you know IFAs that's the product we talk about and it it invests by the way in our flagship equity and our flagship fixed income fund and so so that's how we've approached asset allocation the other thing is I, I think in terms of product you need to have two things I think you need to have a lot more solutions orientation and by that I mean what we've done is, I don't know if you've looked at the offering, which is called Family Solutions, which is basically what we've looked at is people, when they kind of invest, they don't necessarily follow theory. Effectively, they are investing either for an objective hmm. or the tendency is to treat an investment as going in and going out and not attaching any objective to it. So we felt that Given the scenario in India, if we came out with an offering that kind of helped people peg a certain goal Mm. to that offering, it would help them keep it and stay in the product through the cycle. Mm. And we also facilitated the advisor, even at a retail level, to be able to track all of that and have that conversation with the client. And then we go out and inform the client, look, you've reached 30%, 50%, 100% of your goal. Mm. And now, so if you want to take your money out, you should. And so it's that kind of a thinking that we've had. Having said that, we don't treat the market as one. Mm. You're also dealing with a private banker who's mm. relatively sophisticated and you're dealing with retail markets. And so the pro- pro- the products we have kind of segmented. And so mm. it, it all comes down to you can have in that sense a little broader range. Mm. But product positioning, I think, is extremely important as well. So you, you have to know, you if you kind of go with this fund of fund in a private banking uh, format, it doesn't work. Similarly, if you go with a offshore fund uh, in a, you know, absolute retail format, it doesn't work. In fact, on the offshore fund, we asked SEBI that can we keep a higher minimum? Hmm. They said, no, all products have to have a 5,000 rupee minimum, otherwise you can't launch the product. So this is, so these are the kind of things. So, we would like to channel segment the products a lot more, mm. but unfortunately, the regs are not allowing us to do that. So that has to be taken care of now, which is the second piece, which is the communication. Mm. Mm. So, so that that that's the little bit of thinking on the product, on the product side. side. Okay. Uh, distribution. How do you segment? So distribution, distribution uh, for us, 
we we don't have in-house distribution so we and that's globally as well as uh, nobody like, else right no uh, like in-house i mean within the same group okay, so right. uh, okay. i mean like a bank or right. a corporate okay. or whatever so we, we are very driven by third party distribution that's here and globally and so a lot of our emphasis is on how best can you support your distribution partners hmm. there we have a broad base setup we have uh business coming in from the independent financial advisors mm. uh the banks mm. and the what we call the national distributors mm. and so the emphasis is on all three what we do with each is where we differentiate is on uh like you know what kind of products do we off- want to offer through what channel and the mm. emphasis mm-hmm. of the products through that certain core products like a large cap equity would be mm. across all channels and things mm. like that but uh that that's the thing and so we we basically have a internal hold uh, sorry uh, a, uh basically a sales team mm. who we call wholesalers mm. and it's their job to go out and support uh, the uh, you know the advisors mm. and, and so th- that's how we kind of run the business we basically we are saying we have our own in-house guys mm. we, we are training them empowering them giving them the tools to go out and do a good job of going out and supporting the distribution community mm. in terms of being able to sell the products mm. and we have a central team that kind of takes care of you know product approvals in uh, in the system of the distributors mm. uh, working out pricing uh, centrally mm. and so that's all controlled centrally and mm. then then we go out and offer our products through them one of the things that um, you have a reputation for is as education or training for the advisors um where did that come from so it came from the fact that we were one of the first entrants into the industry mm. and we recognized that if the industry has to grow Mm. and you're going to get the scale really mm. in a especially in a country india size you need a vibrant distribution community to kind of take care of that so that's where the original thought came from so we launched what we call the franklin templeton academy at that point in time and there was a lot of emphasis on building you know doing training around investment concept mm. and business practice mm. so 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 that, that that's where we started off and so mm. we've had several thousand people trained by us across several modules and that's where i think we developed the reputation for mm. for uh, you know mm. uh, you know education and uh, i think that's been fantastic for us it's it's uh, great from the fact that it helps develop the market but it's also great business for us because you know people relate to us so so it's been good by the way and we can talk about this separately we've now taken that whole academy online mm-hmm. and and so there's a lot of emphasis and we've expanded the scope of the academy to cover investors and consumers as opposed to just advisors and so there's a lot of uh, thought that's gone around that and mm-hmm. i think i'm i'm very excited about uh, that proposition because so both vivek and juzer have raised it with me by the way okay. in terms of providing content for that so just while we're on the topic then i guess um what's thinking behind investor education because people have those two basis points to spend but i see it's pretty much used as marketing so i think the industry is evolving in that sense uh initially you're right everybody kind of thought oh buy a debt fund kind of thing so so a little bit of that but we've we've uh, taken some time to get this uh, right and i think uh, now we almost there and i think the industry as a whole is also evolving so firstly i think at a very high amphi level what they've started doing is saying that too many messages going out it's confusing people so why don't we get together in industry and share some of our pot and come out with a consistent message so that is happened now and so th- that campaign is i think going to come out soon and so as an industry i think we are going to come out with an investor education campaign and as people see that consistency of message and then obviously mm. as the budgets kind of add up mm. i think people will benefit from that so that's one aspect of it at our end we focused a lot on few elements you see firstly i think this is a very complex topic you can't come out and do a half an hour one hour format do it one time and go away so what we focused on and and plus you know simplifying the concepts and all of that plus in india there's a language issue on top of that mm. so it's a as it is it's a complex concept if you do it in a language you're not comfortable with that's another issue so 
looking at all of these elements, we said we need to reach out to people two ways. On the online, we're using the Academy and that's currently in five languages. So firstly, it's available to people. And not only when we say online, it's also available on a tablet. It's available on the mobile. And so we've optimized it for all kinds of, uh, you know, yeah. uh, delivery. Uh, and effectively, we find already, we launched it last November. They're like literally hundreds of thousands of people viewing these things and they're consuming it in their own time and they're consuming it in their own language. And so that gives us a lot of confidence that I think it's being accepted. And mm. so as that happens, we will evolve the content Mm. Uh, to kind of uh, suit it in the initial phase these programs are very basic they're explaining mm. simple they're trying to simplify concepts mm. use simple language use an audiovisual medium so that people get it mm. and we're also helping people track it so you know people register we track it we certify mm. them they can go through stuff we can see you know how long are they seeing it are they taking mm. the full thing or just glancing at it so you do all that you get a very good sense of how to kind of go about it mm. and uh, so so that uh, so that we've started doing offline what we've said is we don't want to uh, just go out do a one one off training and come back what we are doing is firstly when we do these programs we're making sure that it's in a controlled environment we make sure that it's our content. It's delivered by somebody who is of a certain quality. We have the database. And then there is a cycle that we run post that training. So, you know, we would the guy would get certain communication. We would make sure that post the meeting. And that's why getting that cell and the email ID is extremely critical for us. For investors. For investors. And then we kind of constantly deliver that engagement and content. It has to also marry a few other marketing elements like we would do an outdoor in that city around the time we are doing it. And so, you know, you can't just do it. You, you, mm. you need to have a presence. Secondly, the partnership with the distribution community mm. in all of these places is extremely mm. important because they make listen to you. But then somebody needs to go and spend time, figure them out, figure mm. their need and then mm. recommend. And so that message also has to be linked. So this element of getting a brand name. Mm. And especially in smaller cities and town, being a multinational, you know, mm. getting your brand name out is important mm. and people mm. comfort. Uh, talking to distribution community and tying up with them to do this, making sure that the po program is of a certain quality, mm. making sure you get the data and making sure that you go out and, mm. you know, communicate with them post the training, all of these elements. Mm. So we don't do as many programs as we would if we were to just go in and out. But I think we are able to make a mark. And obviously, mm. this is all relatively new. Mm. And we will evolve it as we get feedback through the mm. process. But we are trying to do an involved job that at least has a shot at reaching out to people. And how will you measure success? So it, it will come through various things. I mean, it will come through, uh, we, we track various methods. So like we are doing what the rest of the industry is doing, which is district adoption. So we've gone and done 10 districts. And for me, this is a great pilot, not mm. only from doing the district adoption, which is, you know, like almost like a CSR goal, but mm. uh, but effectively, it's the greatest lab for me to go into a district, mm. do all of this, take the feedback from that process mm. and then uh, improve the proposition. So there's a lot of emphasis in all of this in the 10 districts that we've adopted. Mm. And so th that for me will be the no, way to go. You measured from increased allocation from those districts at some point, right? I mean, when, how much time do you so, get? No, so so it, it is at two levels. And, and there is an element which I want to talk about. One is, you know, obviously you look at the business which you track. How many distributors did you have? Now, how many distributors do you have? How many, what was your market share, both in terms of consumers and AUM? And so you'll look at all those parameters. But we're also doing qualitative surveys, both pre and post, mm. and figuring out what was our level of awareness, what did mm. people get, how many, and then post, how, mm. how do you do it? So these are the kind of elements where you do this quality check. So that's one aspect of it. Uh, I think it's also very important to look at another element, which I don't think everybody is focused on, is in the, especially in the smaller cities and towns, I don't think an ecosystem exists for uh, MF acceptance, mm. which means you can go and create that awareness, but how is the money going to be accepted? How, what is the cost of money movement? Do you have people who are banked, unbanked? 
or uh, KYC, uh, the KYC and ease of transaction. And there's a lot of emphasis we are placing on those elements as well. And so if you don't have your full ecosystem in place, mm-hmm. you are not going to have success. And But in countries, in places like Bombay or Delhi, where the ecosystem is in place and there's a huge population that has all of these, has banks, has everything, and yet doesn't invest in mutual funds, okay? They invest in gold and real estate. Don't so, you think so there's this, a problem with the... There is a, that, that, that comes to the next element, which is communication. Hmm. So, so th- there is basically that issue. Hmm. So, so, so let's move to that. Hmm. See, the challenge the industry has is the following. Sorry. I'm just going to say, okay, you're gone. No, no, no. no, no make your call. I do want to uh, understand your strategy, but mm-hmm. understand that your industry has an issue. No, no, so it is a part yeah. of that. And so yeah. we will talk about our strategy yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, see, I'll tell you where where the issue lies. And mm-hmm. uh, it's not that we have an answer to it, but we are heading in that direction. You basically have a, a market where people are not comfortable with variable return. Mm-hmm. That's the core mm-hmm. issue. Mm-hmm effectively and so how do you communicate and make sure people uh, get that message that it's okay not to have that variable return Hmm. but if you want to beat inflation which should be your objective in an investment and that if you don't do that you've lost the battle in any case Hmm. that I don't think the industry has done a good job of and which is why I'm most excited about investor education and so a lot of what we've done and so for Hmm. example whether you see the academy and all of that, all our messaging is now in that direction. Getting people comfortable with this concept that you are getting into a variable return product, but it does variable return does not mean that there's nothing in control and that you know it's mm. all like an animal kingdom out there. Mm. How do you get people comfortable with that concept? The whole bit of communication is mm. is around that. For which we're using online, we're using a lot in terms of social media, we're using even things like gaming. To kind of get to the young audience or people in the urban places Hmm. who relate to all of this and say, these are the basic messages I want you to carry. And then as a result of that, obviously, you know, then you need to follow it up with your own, you know, marketing about products and all of that as a separate issue. I think the whole industry really needs to do that because bottom line, that's the issue that you're trying to overcome. If you get people comfortable with a variable return and it's not easy. Hmm. By the way, even whether you look at any of the developed markets, it's actually happened through the pension route. It's not happened on its own. So even if you take the US, it's not happened by people kind of first buying a mutual fund hmm. and then figuring out a 401k. It's the other way around. So so it, it is a big ask. So you, you're trying to do it in a place, in a country. Firstly, there's lack of literacy. Then there's huge lack of financial literacy. There's lack of uh, comfort with a variable return product. Hmm. You have to do it in multiple languages and you're looking at a whole spectrum of audience. So mm. I think the ask is big and I'm glad that the two bases is just an excuse to get it started. I'm, mm. I'm glad that happened. Mm. Industry should have been doing it anyway. I think in the first phase is what you picked up, which is that uh, people just said, oh, I have to spend that money. Mm. I think people are now recognizing, by the way, to industry credit, this isn't just pop of the money. Where the mindset changes, they found it very difficult to spend that money meaningfully. That's where the industry mm. thought process really started changing and said, mm. no, no, no. This pot of money is serious money. Mm. I need to spend it well and I think I can do a lot more. Mm. And so I've just given you some examples we've done. I, I'm sure others have done the same. And mm. to my read is that it's getting better and that it will improve. Mm. I also parallelly think the government and SEBI and all are also getting the act right mm. a little bit in this mm. area. Mm. And uh, they're kind of now working a lot more with the industry to get some mm. of these things done. Mm. And uh, I, I think it will uh, build up over a period of time. Mm. It's, I mean, it's not like uh, it's going to happen the next uh, few years. Sure. Okay. A few more things I don't want to touch about your firm. Uh, talent. You, it, it was in one of your first strategic objectives. So how do you, assuming funds management is a people business, and I believe that, um, a couple of things. Um, do you, I mean, is it a people business for you or is it uh, a philosophy process that you've adapted globally so less reliant on the individual person running it? And then if it is on the people, then how do you attract the best talent? So it, uh, 
I mean, I, to me, it's not either or. It's both actually. Mm. It it can't be one without the other. Mm. So when you say it's a people business, you, whether it's your customer service person or your investment manager, you need a certain quality check. Mm. So th- that I think when I say people, it's that bit mm. that uh, do you get somebody who's a cultural fit, who gets mm. what you stand for, mm. will kind of say if the client is upset, you know, does that mm. upset them or no? So it's those kind of things. Mm. So that to that point, it is a people's business. Beyond that, in our fund management, we believe that if you have the objective of consistent performance, mm-hmm. you can't get that without process mm-hmm. and system, both. Mm-hmm. What people don't get about asset management and which is the other area where I see huge underinvestment is technology. Mm-hmm. Asset management is an intensely technology intensive business mm-hmm. and you need to have huge investment in technology, which is the other area where I don't see enough investment. So you need system. You need process and for sure in fund management, we, we are very, you know, we are big sticklers for projects. So, for example, in terms of product positioning, I find that a lot of people don't have product positioning documents. They don't have what is your style? How are you going to go about it? What is your stock selection process? Uh, so, so those hmm. things have to be there and Mm. they have to be predefined. And so we have a lot of that. Mm. And then you have your checks and balances. So effectively your compliance team and a risk management team, which is tagged to the Mm. investment management team Mm. is checking all of that. Mm. And so if you don't have that full thing in place, you can't just depend on a brilliant individual to do some stock picks and do that. You won't get the consistency bit. And when I say above average, it doesn't have to be number one. And nowhere do we kind of intensify because we believe that if you have somebody who come in aggressive, becomes number one for a period, equally you can be sure it's going to be fourth quartile the next mm. cycle around. Mm. So, so keeping all those elements in mind, it's 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 a combination. I I I and but even if you have the best process and you have the best system, but if you don't take good quality people through the door, mm. investment management is both an art and a science, and we believe that. And so that qualitative aspect of investment management won't mm. come through unless you have good quality people. So mm. th- that's a strong belief we have in the firm. So it's all three. So how do you ensure you attract the best talent? So it is a question of uh, several things. Uh, we, we call it what is the package. Effectively, mm. if you give people a good quality job mm. and ability to do grow within the firm and luckily for us we have ability to grow in that not only we give people ability to do India some of them have grown to doing global roles and regional roles and so th- that's one aspect of it. One. Two if you give people decent compensation and our compensation is benchmarked at market and so so we make sure we pay in line with market. And three, I think, uh, is the whole work environment and the work-life balance, which also we're we quite good at as a firm and we focus on that. If you kind of give these three or four things to people and people who kind of have worked for other firms and appreciate it, we find that that so when we say package is not the monetary compensation it's all of this combined mm. that that kind of helps you attract people uh, across cycles and we found that we've been in fact so where we lose people mm. very often is junior staff who, who are in like the first job with us mm. they get offered like a 20% higher salary they get mm. tempted mm. because they've not worked for another organization mm. very rarely would we lose people middle management and above because they've experienced what the industry, I mean, the world has to offer. And effectively, mm. when they come to us, mm. they recognize uh, mm. all of this. And so mm. I think we're able to retain people on that. And it may sound very simplistic, but for us, this is what actually works mm. effectively. And we've been able to do that. Uh, so well. people haven't left you for other organizations. I think they've retired from what I read yeah, So uh, that, no, no, I, it's not like nobody leaves us and it's mm. like you can't get out once you come <laughs> in and all of that. That's, that's so, a cunning plan. <laughs> so it isn't that, but you you kind of drive the environment. So our industry turnover is relatively low. If you walk around the place, you'll find mm. all of our functional heads on an average have a 10 to 15 year work experience mm. with Franklin. But is that, that could be a liability in that you don't get fresh pair of eyes looking at the the problem right how do you ensure that no so i think that's a toss-up between everything and so like uh, this is like you'll get me both ways if i say (laughs) i keep on getting new people then there's no consistency no no you have to have a 
No, no. You have to have a core culture, and mm-hmm. then from time to time, you do find that people are not working out, or that they aren't doing their job well, or it's not. You have to take mm-hmm. the hard decisions as well. It's not all lovey dovey, and mm-hmm. that you know, once you're in, you're here for life kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you're constantly evaluated, and uh, mm-hmm. you have to perform. If you're not performing, uh, mm-hmm. you're out. Yeah. I mean, so 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 those things, th- those things also yeah. you build in the elements. Sure. I mean, sure. Um, so I haven't ta- talked about investments at all. Um, but as the head of the business, if I were to ask you to describe what would the Templeton product stand for in terms of style, given that we talked about style, well, how would you describe it? Sure. So, firstly, uh, there's Franklin and there's Templeton, and they're both different in that uh, they they represent different styles. So, if you see the Templeton brand and the Templeton branded products, it's part of our emerging markets group. They are a value player and they are recognized. And we have two products which have the Templeton brand. There's the Templeton India Growth Fund and Templeton India Equity Income Fund, hmm. which are the two value style products managed hmm. by the Mobius Group. Hmm. And if you see all of their parameters, so you hmm. can go and look at PE, price hmm. to book, it will stand hmm. out as a value product. Hmm. And actually, those products stand out very differently. Compared to the rest of the market, which is very growth oriented, mm. Mm. so the Franklin side of the business, which is the bulk of our equity funds, and that's mm. the team that Anand manages in Chennai, mm. is more of a blend uh, fund house. Mm. In that, there is a growth bias mm. in the products that they look at, but they are very bottom up. So it's right. bottom up and growth with a growth bias is how the Franklin style is. So when you talk to Anand and you'll see the product positioning right. and forget even the positioning, you can look at the numbers also, they will yeah. look very differently. So if you see the flagship product on the Templeton side is the Templeton India Growth Fund and uh, on the on the Franklin side is the Franklin India Blue Chip Fund and they both have a almost like Blue Chip just completed 20 years and Franklin, uh, the Templeton product has done about, we launched it in 96 so it's about 18 years. Wow. You can see both have a great long-term track record, but the year-on-year variation mm. is quite dramatic. Mm. And it's and you can then map it to, if you were to map the Templeton product to the MSCI value, mm. you'll get a very good sense of why it's done what it's done. Mm. But in the long term, both of them work. Right. So, so, so that will come through uh, when you talk to the investment teams. Mm. And so, I mean, effectively, you're talking to Anand, who's the CIO, because he, th- yes. that's the bulk of our business. Right. Uh, the Templeton products are separately. They're managed out of here. Last question. Um, is there anything that in your firm, so not industry specific, anything in your firm that you wish somebody else has that you don't have? Type distribution, for example, or anything that you'd say... Oh, they have it and we don't have it? Yeah. Anything else? Uh, Jain. I don't know. I'm just picking things. That <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we are okay with our proposition. I, I think uh, uh, we, we, we have a well-positioned business and mm. I think uh, we are building it the right way. You'll always have some areas where, where, you know, somebody else will have, we won't have. So, for example... People have gold funds, we don't have those. Or uh, somebody has an arbitrage fund. We, we, I but mean, that's like, purposely done, right? Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it maps that. So, no, you from, can't, however, if you wanted a distribution, you just couldn't sort of materialize one, right? You just can't take over a bank. No, no, so, so, what I'm so, saying is, is there anything? No, no, but the, yeah, so it's, it's a question of being true to yourself. And that's mm-hmm. where I'm saying in the core proposition, I'm not yeah. getting anything that is there. Like, I, I would love a tight distribution which would just sell my product, but... I mean, we don't do that business and we don't claim to know how to do the distribution business. And so we won't do that. So in that sense, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, if I look around, uh, there's nothing. Anyone you respect? Anyone you say? Oh, your players respect? Yeah, yeah. Oh, we respect a lot of the players. I mean, I think there are some very good players uh, in the industry. I think a lot of uh, the, if you look at the top 10 players, hmm. uh I think generally the quality of fund management mm. I find is decent across the board. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it, none, nobody is like a cowboy, uh, you know, operating and all of that. Mm. There may be in some of the smaller players, but definitely I find in terms of uh, investment management capability, generally mm. they're decent. Obviously, some people are good at a certain asset class, some people aren't. And so you will have, I'm not saying that all the products are good from any one fund house, but generally the quality of fund management I find across the board quite interesting. Mm. 
distribution is very 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 competitive and i i've worked in uh, other markets as well mm-hmm. uh, for the group and i can tell you india has the most competitive distribution landscape and the pricing almost works like fmcg products it's mm. which is not the case uh, in any other country in the world uh, and i think uh, there's intense competition in that space mm. and so as that happens people are getting better and better at it mm. i don't know if a lot of the energy is expended in the right areas and that you can do without mm. some of that but mm. uh, as far as evolution of distribution in india is concerned it's a very competitive space and and people are evolving uh, where i think the difference in approach comes from is the f- very first point i made about corporate objective yeah. and i don't think the industry is settled down and that's why a lot of the things what we would like to see in the industry are not happening it will happen when there are six or seven serious players who say this is what i want to do and i want to do it for the long term hmm. then a lot of the practices which are not right mm. i think will get eventually rationalized so you're the only one right that uh, so all the banks so hdfc icici all of them sold bits of their so most of them have and so if you see even the ones there are two pure play asset managers besides us there's uti and dsp blackrock okay now uti still has their ownership issue and they are, the, the government's indicated an ipo so we'll we'll figure that out anyway i think there's a conflict with their uh, ownership because it's definitely a state of flux i interviewed them yesterday yeah, so so so, the, so they they will fix that eventually and settle down and mm-hmm. to me once that is done i think the organization can look forward and dsp blackrock there is this thing about the promoter maybe wanting to sell going forward i mean so so that that's the thing dsp yeah because they own 60% uh the rest of the people uh it's not not a core business for anybody else mm. but they are serious i wouldn't dismiss them as not serious no no serious. no so i, I no, so they okay so for example icic or hdfc either of those nimesh was very clear that look it may not be core it's tiny it's a rounding error however i'm putting the bank brand at stake so therefore it is no, no, a lot so, of responsibility for not much return but no which is why serious. i said so there are two things to that and that the, 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 what i would ask nimesh the question and and he says it himself i mean mm. it's not like mm. a big thing between choosing the right margin he should operate at for the longer term versus mm. market share he'll mm. clearly choose market share mm. that's his mandate mm. and this is the difference that comes from the because corporate he's trying to build scale. scale yeah anyone is trying to build that's the when you say market share it's because you're trying to build scale otherwise mm. why market share is what pricing power why would you want to build market share for for bragging rights for reputation right literally that's not a valuation yeah thing, i right? get it I mean, no no but No, no. So you you have to see how the deals have been done on India. Mm. Uh, it's nothing to do with earnings and that. You see the multiples of the deals. Mm. Average deal has been done anywhere from seventeen times multiple to sixty-six times multiple, mm. and uh, all mm. deals are done as percentage of AUM. Yeah, five point seven was higher, wasn't it? No, no. no. There's been Reliance sold a five percent stake to a hedge fund at about eleven percent of AUM. Uh, Though, yeah, but the biggest take, the Japanese one was was about six point seven percent of it. So that big. doesn't make sense for when sixty percent of the assets are FMP and money market. So it okay. is valuation. Uh, right. So uh, it's partly that. So again, it's also a business call and a business yeah. judgment. I, I I mean I don't sit and analyze their business, and it may yeah. be the right decision. So yeah. that's why I'm saying I respect a lot of the players. but a lot of things we what we do differently comes from our objective which is different as opposed to that and so i mean uh, i get it and i think the quality of talent uh, is in india generally in the asset management industry is of a good quality especially i find in terms of business management and investment management these two areas the quality of talent is of a very good quality where i think we get challenged in mm. is where i find that it struggles a bit is on the sales and on the uh, service side mm. having researched uh, the market for 5 years mostly my team mercer my team was doing it yeah. with with training from from us where we found it lacking however we wouldn't describe indian processes as institutional quality with a few exceptions including yours and even blackrock or whatever but a lot of the time people can't articulate um what they're going to outperform by for example investment yesterday cio was asking me when he pitched for adia uh, i didn't know what tracking error was mm. you're a cio i mean how can you not know what tracking error is 
So I don't know. I'm not sure I'm agreeing with the article. No, so I'll tell you. Where, no, no, I'll come. I'll, I'll tell you where that comes from. You have to evaluate what has been required for the market. I, I'll tell you what the issue there is. In Indians, the industry is not being exposed to the institutional side of the business at all. That that's been the this challenge. Institutional quality. Yeah, yeah, but it's not been the mandate of the industry. I think. Same. I, again, I I've been back with the business for the last five years. Uh, 2009 onwards and the big change from when I covered it before I think as the top 10 AMCs are getting exposed to pitching to mm. uh, you know overseas institutions they're building that capability so being an industry insider I get it that they are not there and that for me is my big advantage and so we mm. use that obviously mm. but I also think in the next five years they will close that gap mm. because now they've started so it's a question of focus I don't think it was their focus. It is now going to be their focus, and so once they they made up their mind that look, I want to pitch India mm. capabilities offshore, mm. they will build that capability, and that much I I I have the confidence. It's going to happen right now, right? Yeah. I mean, the investing in India theme is all of a sudden back. So, so that uh, people will build uh, yeah. the capability. Okay. Um, of the smaller ones, I've picked Quantum and Parag Parikh to interview. Anybody else? I should, in your view. <laughs> I'm challenged on that. I I think everybody has a me too kind of approach. They are but both are, two, are I, different. I, I, I was going to say these two. You think, it's a, it's a, it's. A, I know people love to hate them, but no, no, I don't have a view on that. In fact, uh, see, this is the thing. I I don't have an issue with that. I, you know, I'll tell you the big issue I have in India hmm. is everybody believes that there's one template to follow, hmm. which which is an issue. the problem more than industry forget the industry even the regulator has the belief that it should be one template to me that that is an issue so this whole raising of capital issue hmm. it just tilts the scales against firms like parak parek and quantum which is unfortunate and i am not for that i think for a robust asset management industry you need all kinds of players and hmm. all kinds of people can have niches hmm. they can have small firms but nothing allows it hmm. So SEBI has a model of the asset management industry around which all of the regulations are mm. written, mm. and that for me mm. is the issue that these firms are up against, mm. not the market. Mm. So, for example, mm. if, if if like a quantum has to have a minimum twenty crore in its uh, fund size or a certain capital, mm. or you have to have a twenty twenty five rule. Mm. it effectively means that all your products have to have scale and they have to be retail and they have to meet certain criteria hmm. and so in sebi's view the asset management industry only exists for a retail 5000 rupee consumer hmm. and the whole ecosystem is being built around that to me that is an issue and that conflicts hmm. with building the institutional side of the business hmm. by the way the big issue what i would like to have hmm. is for sebi to do away versus these broad based and investment advisory and all those rules because this industry will never become institutional in nature when you have all these artificial barriers so the mm. section 24 the inability of your top fund managers to manage institutional mandates mm. if they are not broad based mm. Mm. all those challenges the tax rules about permanent residency right to me those are the kind of challenges that the industry needs to overcome if it's genuinely to get institutional in nature mm-hmm. and i can tell you there's no thinking from i mean because they don't believe that the industry should be doing this i guess it's an education process for them as well and they need people like you to go and stand up for for it right so it it's so typically what happens is we first say it mm-hmm. they think we are the only one saying it it doesn't matter then you know it starts getting a little more broad based i think in this cycle as india interest happens and people hmm. pitch for the india business and suddenly got start getting no because hmm. they 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 say sorry if your top fund manager is not managing the mandate i'm not giving you the mandate hmm. Hmm. you'll find the whole industry lobbying and hmm. as that whole industry lobbies uh, you But get that but it's not that. like sebi doesn't have access to consultants they they hire um, it's not their focus they the hire 